The hero factor is that special core fundamental that stands some companies apart to achieve true greatness. There's no better time than now to discover and revive your business story. Your origin story begins now. Talk about heroes. We've got one here, former Green Beret. I'm telling you, this is awesome. I, I just love my job, and I love that you get to share it because we get to talk to so many interesting people. So a recent article in the Military Times found that 9.6 million vets don't have full-time jobs. Uh, that's, that's atrocious. we got to do something about it. A group that's doing it, today's guest, is hoping to change that. Jason Van Camp is a decorated Green Beret and is founder and chairman of Mission Six Zero and executive director of Warrior Rising. In fact, we're talking, he talks a little bit about becoming chairman. Oh, we might, maybe we'll, we'll get into that. Warrior Rising helps create what they call veterpreneurs, giving veterans the knowledge and tools needed to start their own businesses. Mission Six Zero is a leadership training program created by veterans across the military helping businesses of all sizes solve organizational problems. So welcome to the Hero Factor, Mr. Jason Van Camp. Hey, the title of your book is called Deliberate Discomfort. Why should businesses be comfortable with the uncomfortable? Hey, Jeff, that's a great question. It's what businesses don't understand. It's that discomfort isn't a negative thing. It's a positive thing. It's a growth mindset. And what we're trying to start is a deliberate discomfort movement Recently, I've been calling it a revolution and becoming deliberately uncomfortable. It's like anything else. It's a practice until it becomes a habit. And nothing makes me happier than seeing someone take our content, our curriculum that's in our book and execute on it because I know it to be true. You know, I love it when it finally clicks in somebody's head. I'm sick of losing. I won't tolerate it anymore. I won't, I won't take this loss of revenue anymore. I'm going to do something about it. And in that moment, you commit to change. And that's what our book is all about. You know, I talk to people all the time. I, I've been, since the very first book I wrote, and leadership that I profess, one of those is I always talk about creating tension. And that's a little bit of what you're talking about here, right? Oh, absolutely. You need to create tension. It's just like when you go to the gym. In order to grow, in order to get bigger and stronger and faster, you need to increase the weights. You need to increase that tension. And if you're not doing that, you're just running in place. You're just running on a treadmill and, and not improving, you know? And I full-heartedly, violently agree with you that tension is what we're talking about here. And I think it, healthy tension, you know, tension for tension's sake isn't good. You know, putting people in, into all kinds of conflict isn't good, but putting it in, in a healthy way is a, is a great way to do it. Hey, by the way, I'd be remiss if I didn't say, Jason, thanks very much for your service. We appreciate what you did. My father was in the military and I Every generation of my family has had people in the military. So I want to thank you very much for all that you did there. Oh, thank you so much for saying that. I appreciate that, uh, as all military veterans do. Thank your father for his service as well. It's always interesting. Every time I, I say that to any soldier or uh, airman or uh, Navy person, they always come back and say, thanks for my dad, too. And that, that always makes me feel good because... I didn't have the honor to be able to serve like other people did, but I sure do appreciate my father and I appreciate my cousins and I appreciate all those that came before me. And it's always interesting. Every military man or woman always says thanks to your dad too. I think that's kind of cool. You always have to appreciate the appreciate, you know, like we're not alone. We're a team, yeah. you know, and, and uh, we want to thank each other for our own service. Say so it goes back to what you said earlier. You can't force someone to be uncomfortable. That never works. You have to voluntarily, deliberately choose 
the uncomfortable position of facing your fears. And that's how strong people are made. You know, unfortunately, that's not what society is teaching us right now. Society is teaching, it's cultivating really indignation and victimhood. Uh, we're encouraged to place ourselves in an environment where we will not be exposed to criticism or opposing opinions or emotional harm. And that's detrimental to progress. That's not how we learn and grow. We learn by voluntarily choosing to face our fears, not by avoiding them. You know, our willingness to confront fear is more powerful than fear itself. You don't grow by hiding or avoiding. You grow by being bold, confronting, and overcoming. Amen. Amen. And you're you're working right now with Warrior Rising that's creating what you call vetrepreneurs. I love that term, giving veterans the knowledge and tools needed to start their own businesses. Tell me about Warrior Rising. Yes, sir. I appreciate that. We're very proud of, of Warrior Rising. I started it four years ago. I'm the founder and currently the executive director. I, I might be taking uh, the chairman position by, before the end of the year. Can I give you the genesis, the, the creation of the company? We at Mission Six Zero, we're working with the Oakland Raiders, and I brought a lot of injured combat veterans, wounded warriors out to the event so they could be some of my instructors. Um, and it's powerful for them to kind of tell their stories about overcoming adversity and resiliency, and it's cathartic for them. And it's, it's amazing for the clients to hear these stories as well to improve their performance. And after the event was over, we were kind of sitting around and celebrating and I started talking to the guys about life. You know, I'm a military officer and it's kind of been ingrained in me, internalized to make sure my guys are taken care of. And so I just asked them, you know, how are things going? And, and I heard, you know, they get a large disability check from the government. There's all sorts of charities out there that take them hunting and fishing and build homes for them. And I was like, man, that's awesome, guys. I'm so happy to hear that. And the room was kind of quiet, you know, and guys kind of were looking down and finally somebody spoke up and they were like, you know, Jay, it's not that awesome, man. And I said, well, it sounds pretty good, man. What's the deal? And they said, you know, we go hunting and fishing. We have a great time, you know, but then when we come back home, nothing's changed for us. We've had one good day. And as a matter of fact, you know, I, I wish I was hunting and fishing all the time. So I'm even more depressed than I was before I left. And some other guys said, you know, Jason, he said, you know, I just got a $500,000 home bill for me and I regret it, man. I resent it. I don't like living there. I put nothing into this house. I put no skin in the game. I don't think I did anything to deserve this house. And as a matter of fact, I spent most of my time sitting outside my house smoking weed because I don't want to go inside. You know, and that's not me, man. I said, well, what are you guys going to do about it? I speak to them just like I would before they were injured. That's how they want to be treated. And the guy said, well, Jason, when we joined the military, we were disciplined, hardworking, patriotic, wanting to serve other people. Now everyone serves us and it feels awkward. I don't like it. And again, I said, what are you going to do about it? You know, and they said, Jason, it comes down to purpose. Help me find my purpose again. How did you find your purpose again? And I thought about it for a second. I was like, wow, I don't think anybody's ever really asked me what my purpose is. And I said, you know, when I left the military, I started Mission Six Zero, and whether or not it succeeds or fails is completely on my shoulders. I get a chance to make money for, for me, for the company, for my employees. I get to add value to my clients. I guess that's my purpose, guys. And they all kind of looked at me and they said, we want to have that same experience as well. I said, what do you mean? And they said, we want to start businesses. And I said, well, who among you has an idea for a business? And they all said, all kind of said, yes, they would kind of raise their hands, you know, and we went around and we started talking about their ideas. And Jeff, Andy, most of the ideas were, were pretty, pretty bad ideas. And uh, we started talking about why they were bad ideas. And I, and I thought to myself, wow, I just saved this guy years of his life that he would have spent pursuing this idea. I saved him his life savings, which would you know, be $50,000, $60,000 so far. And some of the ideas that I heard were pretty good. And I said, you guys should do that. Go start your business. That sounds great, man. I'm happy for you. And I said, well, I'm happy to hear that you like the idea, Jason. You're going to give me $50,000 to get this thing going. You're going to move to Tampa Bay, Florida. We're going to start this thing together. 
And they started kind of going down this path. And I was like, let's pump the brakes, guys. I'm not going to Tampa Bay. I'm not giving you any money. And they said, well, why not? I said, you're going to have to show me your business plan and your operating agreement, your SWOT analysis, your pro forma. And they kind of looked at me like, what, dude, what, what, like, what are you talking about, man? And I said, guys, if you don't know what that stuff is, don't start a business. They said, well, how do I start a business? I said, man, you know, I got an MBA. You can go do that. or You can start YouTubing videos or Google some things, man. You're a smart guy. Figure it out. We had a great rest of the night and I went back home and I started thinking about this conversation again and again and again, thinking about, man, I was short with these guys. I really could have helped them out. They were reaching out to me for help. They really wanted help. I could do more. And so I got together with a few friends of mine from West Point, from BYU. We created Warrior Rising and it's a nonprofit that helps veterans in the most charitable way we know how. It helps them help themselves. And we do that by helping them create businesses. So it's kind of under the, the mindset of, teaching a man how to fish rather than giving a man a fish. And we help them through education, mentoring, financial assistance, and then community building. So we give them a purpose in a community again. Uh, we've been in existence for about four years. We raised close to a million dollars in 2019. And uh, we're most proud of our programming. We help 40 veterans every single week start businesses. So that's a long-winded answer. I'm sorry for that, but you got it, man. Hey, it's a good one. It's, I don't care whether they're long-winded or they're short, as long as they're good. That's just a great one. So I appreciate that. So you raised a million dollars. You mentioned that to help vets start their own businesses. I'm curious, what kind of businesses are they starting? Well, almost a million. You know, I, I don't want to give you bad data or anything, but our goal was a million. We fell short of that. But businesses, a lot of times they're lifestyle businesses. Some businesses that I'm, I'm most proud of, I'll give you a couple stories. One is uh, Justin Clapsaddle. He lives in North Carolina. And uh, he and I were at West Point together our freshman year. He left, joined the Army, was an enlisted at the 82nd Airborne. He came to me a few years ago with an idea to start a, a knife-making company. He wanted to make custom knives. He recently learned how to forge knives, and he was really excited about it and so forth. And so we started talking about how he would do that, how he would grow the business and scale it and so forth. And it finally came to the point where I said, you know, Justin, there's thousands of knife-making companies out there. What are you going to do differently? How are you going to be different? You know, what are you going to do? And he said, you know, in his North Carolina draw, he's like, well, shucks, man, I don't know. You know, and I was kind of like, well, let me think for you and, and I'll see if I can come up with an idea. And I always realized in business, the best story wins. You know, people love stories and people who can tell stories. And I started thinking about his knives. And I remember that when I was in Iraq in 2006 or 2007, my Humvee got destroyed by an ID, a roadside bomb. You know, and I thought, wow, I wonder if I could take some of the metal that was once part of my vehicle that was destroyed and give it to Justin and he could repurpose it into a knife for me. It would be like a, a memento, an heirloom for me, a conversation piece. And that kind of idea morphed into, hey, I wonder if we could take metal from vehicles that were destroyed in combat from a number of different theaters of war, from Vietnam and World War II and World War I and so forth. And so I was able to find metal from a Sherman tank that fought in the Battle of the Bulge and give that to Justin. And he was able to repurpose that metal into knives. And so his new shop is kind of, it's called Clap Saddle Custom Knives. I want it to be called War Metal Knives. And so now like we sold a knife to a gentleman whose grandfather fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He was in an armor division. And uh, now that he has a knife, he, you know, every time someone comes to his house, you know, the first thing he says is, you know, hey. Let me show you something really cool. This is a knife that I got custom made. The metal was from uh, a tank that fought in the Battle of the Bulge. My grandfather fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He was in this unit. This is what he did. Now his grandfather's legacy lives on. 
You know, like he's proud of his grandfather's service. He's proud of the story, you know, and we can continue this tradition. And, and then uh, ultimately this gentleman is going to pass this knife on to his, his son or daughter, and they can continue the tradition and tell the story as well. And so we're always actively looking for additional types of metal that we can find from, from different uh, engagements in the history of the United States. So that's one business I'm, I'm really excited about. If anybody's interested in learning more, just contact me at Warrior Rising and we can get you set up with a custom knife. Uh, that's a hell of a story. I like that. I even think about it. You could do that with the planes. Every, I mean, just about anything. You could do it even for people who've been in buildings or even 9-11, some of the steel that was uh, ruined and it could be salvaged and turned into things that are good. I, I love stories. I, and I also think that the more you can tell stories, it's, that's a great way of being able to sell it too. But I love the connection to the history. I love the connection to the legacy. Turning something that was just innate into something that is living. And I think that's a pretty cool thing. Is there another story? What's another business that someone's gotten started? Okay, I'll tell you another one. Um, Another one I'm very proud of. So Kyle Daniels, he and I uh, are Green Berets. We got our Green Berets together going through the qualification course in North Carolina. And I was playing golf at Traditions Golf Course in Palm Springs with a gentleman Mike Moon, who is, uh, who's a billionaire, you know, he, he was at Procter and Gamble for a long time. And then he sold Behringer wines and a number of other wine companies. And he's a very conservative, patriotic pro-military guy. And, and he's a huge donor and investor for Warrior Rising, great friend. And, uh, we we're playing golf and he said, Jason, you know what? I'm, I'm just so sick of seeing those liberals, those left wing crazies burn the American flag, you know, and, and I just hate it. You know, I just can't stand it. And then I said, okay, Mike, you know, yeah, it kind of bothers me too, man, but you know, freedom of speech. And he's like, you know what, Jason, what I want to do, I want to create a flag that doesn't burn a fireproof U S flag. And I said, okay, Mike, like, what do you think? He said, well, I'm gonna do some research. And I'm gonna see if I can come up with something. And so he came up with some connections that could make this happen. And he said, Jason, listen, I've made enough money in my life. I have no intention, no desire to start another new business. But I know you have a number of veterans, veterans that uh, want to start businesses. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to hand over this idea. I'm going to hand over the intellectual property and the patents and my connections to a veteran of your choice. You give it to somebody and have them create this. And so I found Kyle Daniels. And I said, Kyle, what do you think about this idea? And he said, I'm all in. This sounds amazing. Sounds right up my alley. I want to do this. And so Kyle was basically handed this business. And uh, I was able to find a gentleman, Paul Swenson, who owns Colonial Flag in uh, Sandy, Utah, which is just up the street from me, one of the largest flag manufacturers in the world. And I partnered Kyle and Paul together. Uh, We funded them for about $80,000 worth of fireproof flag material and equipment. And now they're on the verge of creating the first fireproof flag. And, and the idea is that if the flag isn't fireproof, then it's not a real U.S. flag. There's been a tremendous amount of traction on that. And, and uh, we're trying to get the flags out by Memorial Day this year. And I'm uh, super excited about that. Uh, I hope he's doing pre, pre-orders on these things so that the people can start ordering it and help him fund what he needs to do. If he even take pre-orders, I, I hope he's doing that. If he's not, he should be. The social media on that, the PR on that should be off the roof. I'll, I'll put them in touch with all kinds of people. I love that. The fact that, that you can't destroy us. There's no way to destroy the flag. I love it. I love that you love it, man. I thank you. Thank you so much for the support on that. Uh, we're not quite ready for pre-sales, but in the next month or two, I hope that we will be because 
this is an idea that we we've been working on for a number of years and and we just got to get this thing going because the feedback is just outstanding absolutely incredible but at the same time i think you i don't know maybe maybe you disagree this is a little political but i support someone's right to to burn it if they want to i disagree with them can't stand it don't like it but i'm strong enough in this country that we can withstand that because that we do have freedom of speech and freedom of expression I think you're you're kind of a scumball for igniting it, but nonetheless, we'll make one that you can never destroy. So, so take that, you son of a bitch, and we'll do it that way. I love that. C-Suite Radio. What was harder for you, becoming a Green Beret or getting your MBA? That's a great question. Uh, <laughs> unquestionably, getting my Green Beret was more difficult than my MBA. The MBA process, the course was absolutely fantastic. I loved every second of it. My instructors were amazing. You know, and I learned so much. I had a great time, great time networking. But let's be honest, like, I don't think the grades, (laughs) your grades during the MBA program are really even considered, you know, just as long as you pass is kind of, you know, what they what they're looking for. So understanding that and there wasn't any fear of failure really you know i would i would unabashedly <laughs> proclaim earning your green beret is is considerably more difficult than in earning your mba amen now, you know it's another thing i can remember you talk about grades i can remember my son being in college and he came to me and he was just upset because he was not doing well in ancient civilization he was going to fail it and i finally just called him and said son what, what do you got to have to get credit for it he goes a c i said just work to get a c you don't need an a I know you're freaking out. No one in your entire life is going to ask you, what was your grade in ancient civilization and ask you a question about the Sumerians? Nobody. So just get your damn C and get it off your thing and move on. (laughs) (laughs) Check it off. Yeah, man, you've worked with everything from law enforcement to sports teams, enterprise-sized companies. Do you find that they kind of share the same problems? Do you see that? Yeah, I do see that. You know, everybody claims that they have unique challenges, you know, and, and often, you know, sometimes they do, but oftentimes really what it comes down to professional sports teams, law enforcement, corporate clients, it comes down to communication, it comes down to miscommunication, a lack of communication, misunderstanding. That's what it really comes down to. So a lot of the time we spend with clients is, is on establishing that culture and understanding where the breakdown of communication occurs. Um, and sometimes it's, you know, you just don't have the right type of people, like the, the fit, meaning that your communication style, like it just doesn't resonate with other people. I've faced that same dilemma at Mission Six Zero and, and Warrior Rising. I've had people on the team that have told me, Jason, you never said that, or you didn't tell me that. And I'm like, I, I told you that several, several times, and here's the evidence. And so recently I was on a call with one of those individuals and a new hire who uh, I actually hired to be that person's boss. And we were going through this list of, of donors and I got the same response. Like, well, you didn't say that. And I said, I literally just said that five minutes ago. And I asked the other gentleman, his name is Brian. I was like, Brian, can you back me up on this? And he was like, yeah, you, you did say that. And, and the lady that was claiming that I wasn't communicating well with her, she's like, he did? Well, maybe I'm going crazy. And I realized it wasn't really her. It was just the way that I communicate really resonates with some folks and it, it doesn't resonate with others. And uh, you got to understand that in business. And, and if you can find folks that are on your same wavelength in communication, you're going to succeed because there's nothing worse than clearly articulating something in your mind, you're doing the right thing. And then somebody not understanding, not picking it up, not listening to you. And we work with a lot of clients that have those type of issues. So tell me what's mission six zero. 
Mission Six Zero is a leadership consulting company. Um, I started it around 2012, and it was around the time that I was getting out of the military. And I asked myself the same question that all veterans ask themselves when they leave the military. Now what? What am I going to do with myself? And my mother always used to tell me, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And I looked around and I saw what my friends were doing. And uh, most of them were starting businesses and and most of them were pretty successful starting their own businesses. And I was really proud of them. And and I thought to myself, well, if they can do it, then so can I. And I thought to myself, well, if I'm going to start a business, what should I do? And so uh, I said, you know what? I spent the last almost 20 years in the military, traveling around the world, going into combat, leading troops into combat. I know a lot about leadership. I know a lot about commanding. I know a lot about building teams. Maybe there's some way that this skill set can translate over to the corporate world. And I also was very passionate about people. I realized that life isn't about trophies. It's about people and the relationships that you have with those people. So I, I started talking to some of my former commanders, guys that I really looked up to. I thought were the most amazing leaders I've ever met in my life. Some of my former peers, some of my former subordinates. And I said, hey, guys, if there's any way we could all get together and harness this experience, this, these skills into, into a company, we could do something really special. And most of the guys agreed that this was a great idea. So they joined me. I mean, I've got guys that are Medal of Honor recipients, two of them, you know, Green Berets, Navy SEALs, Delta Force guys, Rangers, Marines, unbelievable leaders that have been there and done that. And then I realized we needed to do something more. So instead of just having veterans and guys like that, we needed to have scientists as well. Scientists that could translate our experiences and our lessons learned into actionable, digestible, relatable, practical application, answering the so what and the now what behind what we're trying to teach. And so I combined special forces with science and uh, I started cold calling NFL teams. I played football in, in college. I'm a huge fan of sports, DC sports in particular. That's where I'm from. Grew up in Virginia. I found a list that I Googled online of NFL teams and they had phone numbers associated. So I just alphabetically went down the list until I got to the New York Jets. And uh, they were the ones that really answered the phone. I said, you know, all right, Jason, we love your enthusiasm. We love what you're saying. You can come up and pitch. You can present to the team, you know, to our head coach and GM and the coaches. But just so you know, we're not hiring you. This is just practice for you. This is just a favor. You know, you're going to have to pay for your own flight and hotel when you get up here and hope it goes well for you. And uh, we went up there, me and two of my, two of my guys on the team. And we said, listen, if we're going to get an opportunity, we're going to expose our hearts. We're going to be vulnerable. We're going to bring it. You know, we're going to do everything we can to get this, this contract, even though they already told us no. At the end of the presentation, Rex Ryan, who was the head coach of the Jets at the time, said, wow, you know, you really brought it, man. Uh, you're hired for the entire season. And so that was our first ever client at Mission Six Zero. That's inspiring. And I got to tell you right now, right this minute, you're, we're doing this remotely. I am wearing a Jets t-shirt right this minute. Yeah. <laughs> talk about it. Hey, that's inspiring. And I, 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 Jason, I got to thank you so much for being with us. This has really been a hero moment right here on the Hero Factor. And this is Jeffrey Hazel with C Suite Radio. Thanks, Jason. Jeff, thank you so much for having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure, an absolute honor. I can't thank you enough. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. At the end of every show, I like to talk about what I learned. I, I tell you something that came out of this interview, and it was a saying what are you going to do about it? When you're bitching, you're moaning, you're complaining, you're moping. You're feeling sorry for yourself. Well, what are you going to do about it? I like that. That's a Green Beret deal right there. Sounds like my dad. He was in the Air Force. What are you going to do about it? And I thought that was great. And then he said, find your purpose. I love that. You know, a lot of people tell you to find your passion. Bullshit. 
Find your purpose. I love that. That's action-oriented. Passion means, oh, I feel good about it. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Find your purpose, go do it. And make your passion your purpose. Now, there you go. That's what I learned right here on The Hero Factor with Jeffrey Hazlett. Thanks so much for tuning in. And make sure that you tell your friends to tune in to The Hero Factor or, hey, catch me on my other show, All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. You've been listening to The Hero Factor podcast on C-Suite Radio. Find this and other podcasts like this on csuiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.